This podcast is supported by Premax. Premax is a performance skincare company dedicated to bringing you the best quality products to help you look after your skin and optimise your performance. Premax have just launched their newest product, the much-anticipated Recovery Cream, to sit alongside their existing range of brilliant products, which includes the Anti-Friction Balm, Weather Defence Cream, our personal favourite, the Warm-Up Cream, and of course, their Performance Sunscreen. We've had the pleasure of sampling the Recovery Cream. It's the perfect addition to our post-session recovery programme. It's packed with sweet almond, shea and cocoa butter, and it rehydrates and helps distressed skin recover. The key ingredients of sour cherry and omega-3 and 6 are scientifically proven to help improve sleep, lessen muscle soreness, mitigate inflammation, and prevent premature skin aging. So to mark this exciting launch, you can go to www.premax.co now. Thanks again to Premax. Enjoy the pod. They were joined by, so growing up, I just want to say this now, even though we've started the podcast and it's an awful way to start. Everyone called you Paddy Diva. Are, are you, is, is it Paddy Diva or do you prefer Patrick Diva? Or is it uh, even so, Diva? Because no, some it, American it, commentators it, call you Date Deva. I don't know. Yeah, it, it isn't actually, it isn't actually Diva, but like so many people will say it is. I kind of just stop, stop correcting people at this point. But I know, I know my dad would appreciate it if I, yeah, told everyone it was it was Deva. So yeah, that's what it is. And then like Patrick or Paddy, I don't really mind too much. Um, a lot of my friends call me Paddy, and I mean it's yeah, like you, you can call me call me Paddy. I'm good with that. Alfie gave me some stick because nice. when I sent the original message saying do you fancy coming on the pod, and I said I think hi Patrick or hey Patrick, he was like oh my god you called him Patrick. <laughs> well that's his name. <laughs> everyone calls him Paddy. Yeah. Well, yeah no I, i'm yeah i'm good with either i know my my mum likes like prefers patrick she doesn't like patty so yeah as long as it's not around her then i'm sure it's it's, it's all good okay because paddy paddy diva is an iconic name in uh, the yeah. north of england and even though it's not your name it's still iconic <laughs> that, that that preston vest and north of england athletics is it's just iconic so yeah i yeah. do apologize for calling you yeah. well everyone well, I, in the north of england i guess yeah i I didn't help anyone by uh, we like my coach tweet uh, posted a, a hashtag like Diva Fever after the after we raced uh, NCA Cross and I, I used it again so that's probably not helping helping people because obviously Deva Fever isn't really a you, know, you wouldn't really you wouldn't really say that <laughs> but great name for the pod episode half as well Diva Fever. Oh. <laughs> Just, just to carry on even more that his name. Exactly. It is your name at this point. Like yeah, it just, is, it is Diva. Yeah. Just, uh, just go with whatever. <laughs> so, it, I, I know we've sort of everyone listens to this podcast and we've titled it and everything, but sort of give us an introduction. Um, how has your last few weeks been as well in terms of NCAA's? So, if anyone out there doesn't know who you are, what you've accomplished recently, just uh, the floor is yours to just lay it out and uh, let everyone know who you are. Yeah, so the the last few weeks for me have been a bit of a whirlwind, uh, really. Um, so yeah, I went into I qualified for NCAA's, uh, like the Division One Championships in both the five k and the ten k. Um, going into it, my PBs were thirteen twenty eight and twenty eight twenty eight, uh, and I came away from the championships winning the ten thousand meters in twenty seven forty one, and I was sick 
in the 5k in 13 19 so yeah managed to managed to uh run some big pbs there and yeah i got i think a lot more people kind of realized who i was after the the 10k um i know i got i got a fair few <laughs> instagram followers because i'm not really very big on instagram or anything but yeah and i got got a lot of messages from people who uh who i didn't know and i've had like uh different agents reach out and yeah it's been it's been pretty cool <laughs> the last last few days after the the 10k you've been counting your counting your instagram followers and counting the cash basically since the final <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, just uh, yeah. Talking to a few few different groups at the moment, and uh, yeah, go going ahead with with one agent who I've picked. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get some sorted in the next few weeks, which will be exciting. But yeah, good without obviously come. without giving anything away, are you are you staying in the UK with this group, or you will you be back in the states, or can't you even say that? Uh, at the moment, I'm thinking I'm going to be back in the in the US. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I think it makes sense. It's like, yeah. I'm sure, you know, training in the UK isn't always the nicest. And it's definitely yeah. a lot nicer getting out to the States. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, um, the the other two guys at Tulsa, like Mark and Chris, they stayed out in the the US and they're, they're having a lot of success. And yeah, I mean, I've had most, like most of my success, success has come in the US and yeah, I feel like that's the the best place for me to to go forward with my my running. Yeah, and you say most of his success, and I do want to. Since you are from the north of England, I wanted to talk a bit about your journey from youth athletics, and then obviously going over to to Tulsa. So, sort of to take us back. Like, when when did you actually start running? Because I mean, I think I've seen you race for as long as I've been running for. So it's been mm. quite a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I remember. I remember uh, the days when we were competing in like young young athletes leagues and stuff like that together. Um, and obviously we went on that trip to where was it Seville? And Seville, raced, yeah. Raced the, I saw that picture that you posted. That was pretty. I, I had cool. to. I, I had actually, to post it. I've never actually <laughs> seen that seen that picture before. But yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I started running in two thousand and eight, I think. So like uh, right right when I started high school. Um, and then I ran for Preston Harriers like pretty well like the whole time. Um, yeah, started competing in like local competitions basically, and it just kind of grew from there. Started competing in regional competitions like the Northerns, like you said, and uh, qualified for English schools and intercounties and big like bigger competitions like that. And then I think I first represented England in. 2013 uh, both on cross country and on the track um and then yeah it took me a few more years to represent great britain for the first time i think that was 2016 at the european european under 23 cross country championships and yeah i've just been like gradually progressing each year like uh like i think i, I had i had a pretty good streak going where i was just taking little chunks off my, my personal best each year. And I I got a little bit injured. Um, I got, um, yeah, I got my first big injury in, what year would it have been? 20, 2018, I think. And then I missed 2018 and 2019 track seasons. Um, 
and then obviously 2020 track season was shut down with COVID. So I feel like my progression would have been a bit more natural if I'd had those seasons. But obviously this this year, if you look at it, it looks like I've taken a huge jump. But in the meantime, I have been I have been kind of plugging away at it. And yeah, I, I feel like I yeah. I, I feel like I've been progressing right up until now, and I feel like there's no reason why I'm not going to stop that progression going forward. I was hoping you were going to say it was like an instant progression because it's, it gives other people hope that they could start running like ridiculously fast times all of a sudden. Like same with Jake Smith, like he looks like he's just got suddenly miles better because he ran like a 60 minute half or whatever. But mm. most of it is because of like that. You literally miss an extra year out because of racing, and it, yeah, yeah, I guess it people who are saying that all these all these people running fast times everyone's had a year to train and get faster so yeah, I, I guess yeah. that makes sense yeah and how, how did you get get out to the states i know tulsa is a big british like they recruit quite a lot of british athletes so mm. what was sort of that process like for you and was it quite like a straightforward decision or um yeah so i i wanted to do my undergraduate in the in the the uk so i wanted i wanted to stay at home i I felt like you hear a lot of like horror stories about people going out to the the us when they're like a bit a bit too young and and naive and whatever but um yeah so i did did my undergraduate at loughborough i did four years there and then like throughout my time there i was getting messages from different coaches out there um i tried not to speak to too many because i didn't want to have like a too wide of a pool but um the the two main ones i spoke to were tulsa and iona um and yeah i felt like i clicked pretty well with the coaches and i knew that they'd had a lot of success with with british athletes so that was kind of important to me to have like a coach that knew the british like system a little bit um and i think i went out on a visit to to tulsa and iona right uh, right before the start of my final year at Loughborough and um, I really like both places I felt like I would have fit in well wherever I went but yeah Tulsa kind of stood out to me and obviously with the the recent success they've had with Chris and Mark and obviously the other Brits they've had have, have carried on running well at a high level after they've they've left and there, was, there are quite a few like Brits there at the moment and other like internationals so that was one of the big big pulling factors for me. Yeah, I think you are actually coming out of Tulsa quicker than Mark Scott as well now, aren't you? Don't you have faster PBs than when he left Tulsa? Uh, yeah, yeah. He um, he actually messaged me when I broke his five thousand meter record, and he he was really he was really good about it. He was like, you just gotta just gotta get a ten now. Unfortunately, I was able to get that one as well. But I mean, I know obviously when Mark was running his times, he didn't have the he didn't have the spikes. That, um, oh, here we go. Yeah, we are now. So I don't, yeah, it's obviously. A... I do. Don't do yourself down, mate. Don't no, do no. Down, mate. So, what do I think of them? Yeah, do you think they help a lot, or? Um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to say, isn't it? Like, uh, I put on a pair of old old victories to do like a little bit of a, a session in the other day, and um, I did notice like quite quite a big difference just in terms of how my legs felt after. Yeah. Like after the, the session in them, but. Yeah, I mean, you've still got to go and do it, and um, yeah, it's hard to quant- like quantify, isn't it, and say how much they help. But they got, to, I feel like they help it. They help a little bit, yeah. But maybe, I, yeah, they definitely make you feel a lot better afterwards. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. For especially sure. with the ten like, k, it's a big difference. 
Mm. Yeah, it definitely it definitely helps with like doubling back. So like my legs weren't too big of going into the five k. Like I didn't feel like fresh going into the five k, but my legs weren't too too big. Yet. Were you the fastest doubler? Because a few people doubled up, didn't they? But were you the were you the? Uh, so uh, Robert Brand beat me in the um, the five k, uh, but I think we both ran thirteen nineteen, and then obviously Cole like flew past me down there. <laughs> The home straight but yeah he did the, the 15 5k on the same day as well which was pretty crazy but he's a nutcase i can't believe he didn't <laughs> get the double again actually to be fair cooper ran well but like cole he's, he's he makes me sad that he's 19 and he can run what like 335 <laughs> and a probably quicker than 335 as well yeah it's just crazy hmm. but I, I mean first and sixth in a double isn't isn't exactly uh dreadful is it i mean that's did you, no, would, no. You, would you ever like expect that to happen obviously a big quite a big difference but going in, going like joining tulsa like what were your aims i'm guessing just to get better at running and sort of progress your career a lot but was that always in the back of your mind or what uh, i don't know if yeah to win a national title was ever in the back of my mind i think as i was getting faster it definitely started creeping in there a little bit more but um yeah i knew how hard it was to to try and win one and obviously like the NCA seems to have taken a big step up this year with like how fast um, how fast everyone's running and just like how deep it is like even to qualify for the the like national meet so um, yeah it was it as I was like growing in confidence I definitely started thinking about it a bit more but at the start I wasn't really too yeah like too focused on winning a national title but um, yeah I figured like my best shot would would have been in cross country because obviously I've run better there in the past, but yeah, I, it, yeah. How was that cross race? Because I feel like no one expect. Well, I guess you expected Kip to to do what he did, but like the way Connor and Kip to just ran it so hard from the gun, was it sort of like caught you off guard a bit, or was it just? Um, <sighs> I think I was. I think I was like how hard the race went out. I've never been out that hard in a, in a cross race before. Like I, I got out. Um, I know I don't know whether the case splits are 100% accurate, but like it was like low 230s through the the first K, and I was kind of like throttling back a little bit, and I was like, if I keep going at this pace, I'm going to blow up. And obviously, when you're running for the team, you can't really risk you can't really risk blowing up because if you like if your score balloons and then your team suddenly finds itself dropping way down the the list or whatever. But um, yeah, that that race was was pretty pretty crazy especially on that course i think we we got to run it a few weeks earlier um like we had like a dual meet with oklahoma state and iowa state and so we kind of knew what to expect a little bit but with those hills i was like people are going to come people are going to come back to you because you can't you can't go out that fast and expect to survive on on that course except if you're months and you can do that over the last k <laughs> or whatever he did that was ridiculously impressive it, it was and into while we're on about the courses how do they compare to the uk courses because I, I know they're obviously a lot faster but mm. what would you rather do a uk course or a us course and that's a stupid question because it's definitely going to be a us course but i'm sure you know what i mean like how different are they like are they completely different I froze. You haven't froze. Oh, it's Paddy. It's Paddy froze. 
drinking his water. Paddy Devers frozen with his drinking drinking his water. Um, speaking of the cross country, that's mental, isn't it? Two thirty for the first going out for the first kilometer on a cross country just blows my mind. I think Mance and Kipti went out in like a one twenty something first six hundred. Like the lactic you must get from that. It must be downhill. Yeah, pa- Paddy's lost connection. Um, I think we'll carry on speaking. Uh, I want to ask him as well about his um, 10,000 metre final. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. It's all right. It's all right. We were just, we were just saying how... I can't remember what we're saying. I, I, I'm sure you. We'll, you'll have to wait to the podcast. Yeah, you'll have to listen to hear what <laughs> we're saying about it. Um, I, I was just asking, like, I'm not sure what you heard, but how, do, how does it compare to the, the UK kind of courses in the US? Like, are they... Um, yeah, so I think I've only run on like a muddy course in the US once, and that was at 2019 Nationals. There was yeah. like one like muddy corner, and everyone was making a pretty big deal out of it. And then, I mean, the the rest of the course like wasn't too bad, but yeah, they're, they're definitely a lot faster. Like they they pay attention to splits. Like in in the UK, no one would care about cross country splits or whatever, but. They have like mile markers out or K markers or whatever. And yeah, like people, people definitely look at how fast you run for like an 8K cross country. Whereas in the, in the UK, like the, the distance could say 8K and it could be, I don't know, anything from 7K to 9K. And I mean, no one cares about the time really. So that's one big difference. And then, um, yeah, I've never, I've never run like some of the courses in the UK are just like a bit makeshift like just put together in like a farmer's field or something like that but or like the us one seemed to be specifically like designed as a cross-country course and like the the course at um the course at osu is so is so nice like it's it's really wide like it's almost it's like a golf course like that's how short the grass is kind of cut and i mean yeah you can get running fast on there it's not like trudging through mud back at home I don't mind doing that, but sometimes it's just not as fun, is it, when you... Sounds uh, exactly the same as Nosley Safari Park, what you're describing, to be honest. They're, they're exactly yeah. the same type of course. Yeah. Now, UK courses are discussed. I mean, the, one of the nice ones we did have was Books in 2019, but because of how hilly it was, and sorry to bring it up because I know you got out kicked on the line, so... It yeah. <laughs> But that was a, that was the only time where like there was no mud. Like that's the last time I raced a cross country course where there was no mud, yeah. and that course was just brutal. Um, yeah, that my favorite, was, yeah. yeah, that hill and what was it, four or five laps? It's disgusting. But mm. my 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 favorite course was Seville because that was a fast course. Like it wasn't cross country, was it? It was just basically like a clay pit. Yeah, I know. I I, I kind of wish I didn't wear um wear spikes for for that race because you you probably could have got away with flats. I got like I remember after the the race I had like blisters on my my feet just because it was so like dry on the foot and hard. But yeah, I no, get, that was it was a good race against. I think Chapter Guy was in that race as well. Was was that cool. your like breakthrough race on the senior level? Because you did race very well there. Because going into it, everyone was like not expecting, but obviously there was Mohammed Mohammed, and I don't think. Mm-hmm. You'd really be- beaten him much or at all before that race. No. And you, you had a really strong race there, didn't you? Yeah, I think it. I think that was probably one of my one of my strongest races for for England. I I actually I felt like I would have kicked on from there, but that was actually like when I got my first stress fracture. It was like a few few days like like after that race, which was a shame. But yeah, 
No, that, that was probably one of my, my better races. I think I was 11th or 10th, something like that. Yeah, and there literally was chapter guy. I think Borrego was there. Yeah, was, I think so. And they, we, we, shared a, we shared a cabin with them before the race and the, the same changing room. And someone, I'm not sure who it was, I'll say it's chapter guy just because that's better. But someone had <laughs> uh, sat on my spike bag and I was like, you know what? It's, it's pretty crazy. But it's weird seeing <laughs> the Kenyans like at the same hotel because they just, they're so quiet. They just sat there eating the food by themselves and then left by it was it was a weird experience but i gave mm. mohammed mohammed my spikes for that race because he, he he had his but he didn't want to wear them and he yeah. gave them back to me ripped and broken so i was like okay i'm, I'm not wearing them again but I, I, did, I didn't say anything to him um yeah so maybe so, maybe i listen to the pardon maybe i listen to the pardon here i hope not because I, 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 <laughs> I never told him i just told him that i uh I use them, but yeah, he, he broke my spikes, which I kind of feel bad for saying because I've never said it before, but I, I guess it doesn't matter. He can know. Um, yeah. So you spoke about, I was going back to the States um, for training and uh, team and stuff. How has training transition from Tulsa uh, to Tulsa from the UK? Because I can imagine facility-wise, coaching-wise, it's treated a lot more serious out there than it is here. So mm-hmm. sort of what was the transition like and how different is it better worse or just different yeah it, it it was different um so one of one of the big differences was like the types of like workouts that we do um it, it definitely felt like i was doing like longer reps um and then like i was doing a lot of bigger like single runs so at loughborough i would like split my runs quite a bit and do like I don't know, like six and four, whereas in Tulsa, I'd just go out and do like 10 miles, basically. And um, I bumped bump my mileage up a little bit. And I think it did take me some time to get used to the the, the training, for sure. Like in the first, um, the first season I was there, like it wasn't clicking as well as I would have liked. Um, I think I think I was just pretty, pretty tired, honestly, from the, the step up in mileage and the, the step up in like volume of workouts. Um, and then obviously um, it took a bit of time to get used to like training in the heat and stuff, um, which wasn't, wasn't like too easy to begin with when you're coming over from the, the, the UK and then suddenly you're training in, I don't know, like 25, 30, 30 degrees with the humidity and stuff. Um, where, where is Tulsa? This is showing my poor geography. but So it's uh, in Oklahoma, so it's in like the Midwest. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so it can get get pretty hot and yeah, it does. It does get out. it does get pretty hot. Like right before I came home, I think it was up into like, but it was up into like the mid thirties. So I was actually quite grateful to be coming back home and get get running back in the in the like teens down here. So yeah, um, another big difference, like you mentioned, was um, just like how how regimented the the training was. Like obviously. At uni over here, like if you don't turn up for the session, the the coach isn't gonna. It's kind of down to you a bit more, but like you had to be there. Uh, like at Tulsa, you had had to be there at a certain time, and I'm sure that's the same with with all of the universities because obviously scholarships are a much like bigger bigger thing over there. Um, and you can't you do everything as a team, so like you'll meet for your like recovery runs and. Um, yeah, obviously with COVID, that was a bit like, that was kind of stopped a little bit, but 
like in normal in normal situation in normal circumstances yeah you'd run run with like the whole team which is always fun and i think um there's you definitely like although we we have like books over here i think i think being part of a team over there i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it more um just because like every race you're doing it's for the team um and um yeah it's it's like it's fun to like race as part of the team and travel as part of a team whereas over here it's a bit more individualized i'd say but yes. yeah those are some of the some of the differences so if anybody wondering about going out to the states or tulsa you'd, you'd recommend it would you yeah, I think you. I, I think you definitely need to be um, like a certain type of runner. I think you need to, you need to like respond well to to volume and um, not not like huge volume, but you and like kind of longer workouts and stuff. I think if you're coming at it from like a, a speed kind of background, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's exactly the right place, but yeah. I think I think the coaches really care about your long-term development there, and they definitely have time for you. Um, like we we have meetings every week where you can discuss um, like any problems that you have, and I think the team's in a really strong place right now. Um, and I think they can definitely challenge to be on the podium in the in the next couple of years for sure. So it's good to know. It's really really yeah. good to know. Thank you. Uh, especially with new athletes going as well. If any, if any, like the recruiting process goes well, I'm sure they'll get really good chance of meddling in, in the team events. Um, on let's some quick fire questions. Your, no, let's, before we go on to the quick fire questions, I've been third wheeling it for 15 minutes now. Let's talk about your 10,000 metre final because I know a lot of people, uh, you said yourself, I think, I can't remember if it was before we started recording or just in the general chit chat, that you haven't been huge on Instagram. So maybe. For some of the listeners, this might be the first time they've ever heard your uh, personality. Would you? Uh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. What were we talking <laughs> you, you about? Oh, yeah, in, that was it. You came in with the, all that cockiness yeah, about know, let me take the floor, and then you, you completely bottled it. <laughs> the first time they'll have heard of Paddy Diva, even though it's not your name, will have been the ten thousand meter final. So we should probably talk about that. You obviously yeah. went in. I think it's fair to say that you weren't the favourite. Yeah. So how did you feel personally going into the race? What was your target? Um, so yeah, going into the race, I'd spoke with Taylor before and it it was kind of freeing almost because I, I knew I'd run 110k at the start of the season and the aim there was to to run the regional mark, which I did um with 28-28. And coming away from that race, I knew there was I knew there was more there. And training had gone really well throughout the season. I'd I'd kind of I'd managed to win a few races, like I'd won a 5K, I'd won the double at conference with the 15 and the 5K. And going into like NCAs, uh, I was like, I know there's a big one in there, but I don't know exactly how big it is. And obviously, like you said, going into the race, um, uh, going into the race, there was like not too much expectation uh, like around me, um, but I knew I was in really good shape, like felt good at regionals. Um, I was just feeling in a really good like headspace right before the race. Um, like I've got lots of people wishing me good luck, and yeah, I was just really like excited to race in in Hayward Field again. So 
I think just like a combination of those factors just meant I went I went into the race like completely fearless and um obviously when when Kip2 went out and started doing his thing and like everyone latched onto him straight away I knew I knew like we, we were all in it and it was going to be it, it was going to be like fast from the gun and I figured that would that would probably be good for me and yeah in the end it it was and I was able to to get the win so I was going to ask you uh did you have going into the race obviously with Kip2 he has a certain style did you have any tactic going into the race that you thought you're gonna have to do was it because obviously we know how it ended and we'll talk about that in a moment but was it always just stick with the leaders and then yeah so so we were gonna see we were gonna see what Kip2 was gonna do and I think at regionals he went out in like a 60 for his first lap and obviously that's like a bit crazy for for anyone else but it was like kind of see how many people go with Kip2 and if if there's multiple guys that, that we're going to go with him, then obviously you have to go with him and then just take him on like one-on-one -on -one basically, because it is going to slow down at some point. Um, but then if it was just Kip two, then I think it was just a case of trying to like keep him, keep him at a distance that you could close back up. Um, basically that, the main thing was just to watch like the main players, which obviously were Mance and Bran and like Abdi, Abdi Nur as well. So I think, yeah, I think it was just a case of just reacting to however the race went out. And when Kipti went out a bit slower than he normally did, it was it was a no-brainer. Did you expect, because obviously when we got into the last 100 metres, did you expect uh, Conor Mance and the sort of side of the track to just sort of part like the Red Sea? Because it... it <laughs> I think if he had the race again, he wouldn't have even opened the door, but he obviously no. just drifted into the middle of the lane and then you just, I don't know, was that, did you know that was your moment to... Um, yeah, I, I've, watched a, I've watched a lot of like track races in the past and typically like the rail does open up and I figured because like Robert Brandt was right on Mance's shoulder at the time, I, I figured he would obviously see the danger on the outside and kind of drift out naturally and then when you're running a bit quicker you kind of drift out slightly and I figured even if he drifts out a little bit like I felt like I could sneak through and yeah when the door opened it, it was just like complete instinct like I didn't even have to think about it it was just get, yeah basically get through I think if if the door would have stayed closed I think I probably had enough to like chop my stride and go go around but obviously it would have been a lot closer and a lot more dramatic but yeah it was nice that it opened up when it did you were the only one to actually probably finish with like a, a strong finish and everyone else was sort of holding on a bit so how, how fast do you think you could have run i know it's hindsight looking back but do you think you could have potentially <laughs> run close to that 27 28 if you uh, knew you were on for it it's yeah it's it's very it's very hard to say um i, I felt incredible like like even like going into the last few laps and like when I finished, um, I think obviously the adrenaline kind of kicked in and that's what kind of didn't make me look as tired as what I probably was. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's really hard to say. I think, I think there is a bit more time there um, based on how I finished. Um, I think it also helps when you're, when you're not the one making the moves, because I was able to just sit in and cover moves. That's why I had um, a little bit more left at the finish. Um, 
but yeah, no, it, 20, 27, 28, it's not a million miles away. So yeah, maybe, maybe I could have done that. We spoke about it briefly before we hit record on the podcast. Uh, maybe for everyone who's tuning into the podcast, we'll know you best for your the moustache to rival the best 80s porn star they'll, they'll have ever seen. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint the track and field world. It's, it is no more. You're going to have to tell the fans what's going on with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I came home and uh, got, got quite a bit of abuse. Um, I know my my old coach was wasn't a big fan, um, and my sister gave me gave me a bit of abuse. So I figured it was probably time for the the mustache to go. It, it may make a return when I go back to the US, but yeah, unfortunately, it's no more for the time being. I think it's just jealousy, man. Anyone who's yeah. given you any abuse is just <laughs> they just want their own slug on the top lip and they can't get it. That's the yeah, problem. they do. Yeah, they do. Slugs. It started out. It started out, um, obviously people would do it for NCA cross sometimes and Tulsa, like the lads of Tulsa had some pretty, pretty good facial hair going into, going into the last two NCAs. So, and then I, I don't know, figured, figured maybe the mustache gave me some powers. So kind of kept it for, for a few races, but yeah. yeah. So it's not an entry requirement for Tulsa unit, Tulsa university then? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, there'll be some people relieved to hear that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, some of the some of the guys on the team, not naming any names. Scott B can't really uh can't really grow a mustache. So I can imagine that'd be blonde if it was Scott B. He seems like someone yeah, would have like a blonde mustache. He he dyed it like um he dyed it for, for nationals and it looked it looked pretty funny, but yeah, no. Right, so we've got two and two and a half minutes until Zoom kicks us off because we have to recall because we we're cheap and doesn't don't want to pay for it. Premium Zoom. So um, yeah, I we might be able to afford you, premium. You might zoom. you might pay for it. You can pay for it, Josh. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with some quick fire. Um, I need to make sure this is actually. We always get this first question wrong because I say, "What's your favorite film?" And apparently, Americans don't know what a film is. So, what's your favorite movie? Is uh, the first quick fire question. Um, my favorite movie. I think on my um, Tulsa bio, I said I said Forrest Gump. So. I'll, uh, I'll go with that. I'll go with that one. That's fair enough. Favourite favorite music? Uh, so probably musical artist or genre, I guess. Um, favourite musical artist? Um, I'd say the Wombats. Niche. Niche. Yeah. Al, They're the Al's only... Probably, Al's probably never even heard of the Wombats. Do you know who the Wombats no. are? No. <laughs> I knew it. And you can see it in his face as soon as you said that. He's like... They're the they're the only band that I've actually seen seen live. So yeah, hopefully I can go to some. Yeah. The only band I've seen live is Take That. Um, <laughs> they were good though. They were really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Favorite TV series? Um, favorite TV series? Probably say Breaking Bad. I've never seen that either. No, oh, you need to watch that. And you need to watch the spin-off as well, Better Call Song. Everyone tells me about Breaking Bad. It's, sorry, I was just saying, once you watch the first episode, all of the episodes are basically the same for however many seasons. Is that right? Or uh, I wouldn't say so, no. I think it gets a lot better as it goes on. Um, there's a lot of twists. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, you should give it, give it a try. Get through the first season and then 
Um, yeah, and then you'll, you'll start enjoying it. Netflix is a bit dry at the minute, so I definitely need to give that a watch. Um, favorite pre-race meal? Pre-race meal? Um, just like the night before or just like on the day? Or... Uh, let's go with both. Night before yeah. and what, what you eat on the day? So the night before, just I like to have some pasta and chicken normally, um, just like pretty standard. And then uh, on the day, just like a, a sandwich, I don't know, like a turkey. So I, th I think you were saying turkey sandwich there. Is that, is that right? Before we got cut off? Yeah, just something from Subway or um, just six, where, six wherever. What long, what we saying? What, what, what was that, sorry? Six inch foot long, what we saying? Oh, uh, gotta be, gotta be foot long for for an evening race. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Never had a subway. Never had a subway. What? No. He's also oh. never. He's also never had a KFC. I mean, what? Oh, I never had a KFC in the in the US. Apparently, it's not as good in the in the US. Which makes zero sense because it's literally yeah, it Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sense. Yeah, but apparently, it's not as good. That's what all the all the people on the team told me. So we never went there. I mean, I could, yeah, I can sort of let you off, sort of let you off, Alf, for not having KFC. But man, you need to get, you need to get yourself a subway. Like, it'll change your life. Like, yeah, in the in the UK, chicken tikka is is uh, the best from Subway, but they don't do that in the US. I've never had chicken tikka anywhere either. I don't even know what chicken tikka is. Is it <laughs> is it a curry or an Indian? Like, what is it like? It's just like mar marinated chicken. Yes, I probably have. Yeah. Indian sauce, yeah. Nah, I can't eat Indian because I'm allergic to nuts, so I've probably never had it. Who knows? Yeah, you don't have to rub it in. I know, I know I'm missing out on all lovely foods. Um, <laughs> speaking of lovely foods, post-race meal, what are you having? I guess in terms of recovery through heats and finals, and then also like if you're celebrating, eating, whatever, like what, what would your go-to post-race meal be? Yeah, I don't, I don't stress about like what I'm eating between rounds like too much. Um, maybe like a burger and sweet potato fries, something like that. That would be, be a pretty good one. I think after the, after the 10k, I got pizza. Um, yeah. So yeah, just something like that really. Uh, I wouldn't say it changed too much if, yeah, if I was doing, doing rounds. Yeah, I think I think you just got to get some fats and carbs back down. You really don't you? You're not going to mm -hmm. lose or gain any fitness from having a pizza. Yeah, time, I don't so. think so. Yeah, you got your carbs and pro a bit of protein on there if you have some toppings, whatever. So yeah, I don't stress about it too much. Favorite pe pizza toppings? There's, uh, there's right answers for this. Pineapple's definitely got to be got to be my favorite. I think I could have a just pineapple pizza. A lot of people uh, hate on pineapples on pizzas, don't they? It's yeah, I, it doesn't make sense to me, but that, it is what it is. Uh, I like I like a barbecue base as well, but I know that's a bit controversial. What? Yeah, a barbecue base. Oh, yeah. you need you need an Italian, like a a little <laughs> bit of a. Do you know what I figured out is from making soup and pizzas and stuff, the nicest bit um, to having. A pizza sauce is actually a bit of pepper like some red and red and yellow pepper get that in with the sauce adds a bit of yeah. twang just just for anyone listening all pepper on top of pizza as well pepper and chicken on a pizza is elite yeah caramelized onions 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, the next question I've got for you, you've kind of ruined it, um, but what's your, the best moustache grooming techniques? Uh, <laughs> what, what do you sort of go to for that? Um, I'm not really... I'm not really too sure how to answer that, really. I just uh, kind of trim it occasionally. I, I think I had some moustache oil once, but I think I don't think I used it very much. I just gave it away to, to one of my friends. So, yeah, the, I'm, I'm not the best person to ask for that, I don't think. It just... Yeah, you've got to take care of it, though. It's a bit like a lawn, you know. You've got to cultivate that thing. You can't just, yeah. uh, just grow and stay there. You've got to oil it and trim it and, you know... Yeah. Gotta got look after it a little bit, but don't have to yeah. worry about that for a little bit now. You have missed out on some sponsorship opportunities. Like big yeah. time sponsorship opportunities. Uh, It'll grow it'll grow back. It'll grow back pretty quick. It makes you look that. like this is I'm not sure if this is a compliment or not, but you look way younger now without the mustache. Like got a baby face. You look when you're running at ten thousand meters that big mustache, you look like you should not have been running the NCAA's to be honest. Yeah. Maybe I should. It looks like you're older than Connor Mance. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 24 competing against those 19 year olds. Is he 24 as well? I thought everyone from BYU was like 28. Or is um, that just a joke what people say? Because they're all, they yeah, go on maybe, mission years, don't they? Yeah, they have a couple of years on mission. I don't know how old the oldest, the oldest one on the BYU team is. I think they'd definitely be older than Connor though, because Connor's still got eligibility. That's crazy. I think he told me he still had like one or two years of eligibility. So he could be 26, I suppose. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's not old anyway. Let's no. just careful what we say. Yeah. That's it is. As soon as you pass 30, that's when you get old, Josh. <laughs> you, especially has... for, especially yeah. for, for uh, long distance runners, pretty, pretty young, I'd say. Yeah, true. Josh is having to I'll start wearing. You're having to start wearing stability shoes or else your shins fall apart. Oh, well. So I won't, <laughs> I won't start talking too much about being young. So embarrassing. So You're, you have to I, wear brooks. I can talk about this now. My, I had to, I've got shins that are made of tissue paper. Oh. And, uh, I've accepted the fact that I'm now going to have to run my steady runs in a pair of Brooks Glycerin GTS. I mean, oh, okay. like the ugliest shoes you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. I would say it's like the running shoe equivalent of like um, a Citroen Picasso. <laughs> Americans won't get that, but like, it's like, it's like driving a people carry around. It's yeah, just I know what you mean. not cool, but. No. It does the job. It, it does, yeah, it does the job. You can't. Yes, you've made to be. Yeah. Hopefully without yeah. accident. Um, anyway, less about me. Sorry, I'm just getting a call from my... It's fine. It's absolutely that's fine. That's a call from like, Adidas. Is that Adidas or Nike or... No, that's my, that's my sister. That's my oh. sister. She's probably... To say, if it was one of them, you can answer it on the pod and we'll negotiate for you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Get me a good deal. That's what we're about. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, a bit of a boring one. Well, it's not. Favourite workout? What, what's your favourite workout? Favourite favorite workout? Session. Uh, I, I don't even like saying workout. I mean session. Because that's no, how you, I know. It's, hard to, it. it's hard to um, it's hard to change now come back talking about sessions and workouts. Um, I'd say some of the some of the ones I did this um, no one of my one of my favorite workouts was back in Loughborough, um, where we do we'd start off with like a 10 to 15 minute tempo and then we do like a hill circuit so there'd be three different hills so you finish the tempo and you jog to the hills 
um, and then you do like I think you do four four like sets of the hill circuit so uh, it, first one's at like 3k 5k effort then 1500 effort then 800 effort and then your recovery is just like a jog back down basically and then once you finish the hills you jog back to the track like put your spikes on and then you basically do like I think one of them was like two by 800 um, just basically like this, like whatever you've got left because obviously after the tempo in the hills your legs are pretty beat up so um yeah that was one of the like that was one of my, my favorite workouts we did that right before like 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 about uh one or two months before track season would would start and that was like a, a gandhi workout so yeah i really really like that one and then um one of the one of my favorite ones I've done at Tulsa. Um, I don't really mind too much what comes before it, but I enjoy like tagging on a fast like mile on the end of workouts where like I'll try and go through the first eight hundred like steady in like two ten, and then really just try and cut it down and close that last eight hundred as fast as as fast as I can. And I think that helped me in races a lot, just like kind of winding it up over the last eight like last eight hundred six hundred meters. Yeah, ste steady in 210, just a nice steady 420 mile pace. <laughs> nice and steady. <laughs> no, I, I like doing faster miles to closing, especially like when you're finishing. For some reason, when you do miles at the end of sessions, you can close fast and it makes the mile time so much quicker. Like it, it is mm. strange how that works. I always notice that if someone asks me to do a quick mile at the end of the session, I'd be like, no chance. But then if they say just do a steady eight and then start picking it up, I'd be like, okay, it is, yeah, it is yeah. quite a nice way to run it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, the more, you, the more you do it in training, like, I think you... Sorry, I can... So there's some reason on my laptop where I connect to Siri and then I can't hear anything for a second and Siri starts oh. speaking to me. So I don't know what last thing you heard of me, but I'll just move on to the next question because yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen again. But you there's something on my laptop, press the button. I can't hear anyone. I don't know what's happening. I can't hear anyone. Um, He's having a shocker. Nightmare. I'm, I'm, <laughs> my sound's completely gone. Oh, can can you, you just talk with because I can't hear anyone? Um, well, Alf, stops. Okay, stop, at least he stopped speaking now, so we don't have to hear him saying that he can't hear anyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, he's knocked me off. I can't remember what we were. What were you two talking about? Oh, you were talking about closing in a fast mile. Hmm. Um, here's here's a question for you actually, because this is a, this is a question that came up on the tracks the Twitter feed today, and it's sort of gone a bit viral. Is Alf was tweeting about what are Klecker miles? Are you familiar with this concept, the Klecker mile? Uh, I'm not I'm not familiar with the, the concept. I do follow Joe Klecker on Strava, but um, I have no yeah, idea so, what Klecker miles are. So apparently a Klecker mile is any run that you're not running a workout, uh, you do a sub six minute mile. Oh. So this is apparently a, a Klecker mile and this is this is the next big thing that can it's the foundation of the on running team apparently are these clicker miles it's what i'm led to believe really so yeah like um i suppose yeah fair enough fair enough i don't, I don't do too that. many clicker miles then but we're talking about favorite workout that was it were we and we're saying um i think the next obvious question then is if we've asked you what your favorite workout is what is your what's your least favorite workout what's the one that gets you you see it on your schedule and you're like, oh no, this is, this is giving me the fear. I'm getting the fear. Um, I don't know if I've got a least favourite, but anything that um, is really fast, um, 
so like for me that would be like anything i don't know anything around like 55 400 pace or like 26 200 like just something where you're not really doing that many reps but you know it's going to be it's going to be very painful um so sometimes those workouts go well and then that's when i know i'm like ready to go basically over a 1500 or a short distance race but when they go bad and you're you're hurting like midway through the the workout you know it's going to be it's going to be a rough day um yeah i don't i don't like that that lactic pain too much i'm not a big fan next one this could be controversial this could be controversial but if it's controversial you've got to say your answer that's why that's what we do on tracks to pod what who is your running crush running crush uh i'd probably say carissa schweitzer good shout good shout yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get many uh, pushbacks on that one. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this this next phase would be the follower questions, and helpfully, Alfie has through the wonders of technology sent yeah. us some follower questions. First one. This this might stump you. What is this? Is from uh, at Reed uh, Sahadevan. Yeah, he's on the Tulsa team. Yeah. Oh, he's on the Tulsa team. Okay, so you know this guy, right? Well, yeah. he said, what's the cure for diva fever? Oh, <laughs> that is a good question. I don't, think the, I don't think there is a cure at the moment. Hopefully, uh, diva fever is going to continue uh, long into the future. Um, yeah, I think. Is there, um, is there... Is this affected by the double vaccine? Can you get a double vaccine for diva fever, or is it? It's like the Delta Plus strain times ten. Yeah, um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping no one finds a vaccine for it. Then. That old, there might be a there might be a vaccine, but no, diva diva fever is here to stay now. I think. Great, and uh, I'm back. oh, he's back. He's back. There we go. There we Apparently go. You calling me worked. It's it somehow tripped my laptop into getting sound again. So. But I'll just well, let you finish the podcast to host it. I'll just interject you, wherever because I've been a bit of a nightmare and I've, I've probably missed quite a lot. Okay, next follower question. Uh, now we've established there's no cure for diva fever. Uh, so this is from Jason Ward 78. Perhaps, again, is this, some, is this someone you know? It's someone I know, but he knows someone from Tulsa. So hopefully oh, that's context. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't actually see this question now because the red line you put over it is you must have heard the stories about Anna Norman's time in Tulsa. Andy Norman. Andy Norman. Tulsa. Oh, Andy Norman. Yeah, I know I know Andy Norman, but I don't know I don't know much about his time in Tulsa. I'll have to ask Jason Ward what he means by that then. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sounds quite interesting. A serious mature question from uh, Caitlin Klopfer. She, oh, she yeah. asks, uh, what advice would you give an incoming college runner and what's the best thing you liked about Tulsa? um what advice would i give to an incoming college runner uh i'd say yeah definitely do your research um take a visit and see if you like fit in with the the team a little bit and obviously i think you've got to like the place as well because there's no guarantee that like running will work out for everyone so you don't want to be or like people get injured it's like natural so you don't want to be in like somewhere where you're not going to be happy 
um, as well. Um, obviously, you have to get on with the coach, like ask the people on the team a little bit about training. And yeah, I'd say those are a few a few pieces of advice. My my favorite thing about uh, being on the Tulsa team was um, it was there was definitely the people on on the team. Um, so we we all lived. Um, basically within walking distance of, of one another and I, I felt like we were a really like tight-knit team and we'd, we'd all hang out with each other and it didn't feel like there were any egos on the on the team or anything and um yeah I mean I was I was lucky to have like a bunch of brilliant and supportive teammates so I'd say that that was my favorite thing about being on the Tulsa team for sure yeah from um from that great question to one that's intriguing me, and this is from Ryan underscore Shoemaker, and he says, uh, oh, "This is what we do. This is what we do on tracks, and we just bring breaking, breaking stories." He says, is it "True that you are secretly really good at throwing javelin." Oh, yeah, I think um, I think my power of ten profile will uh, <laughs> will uh, demonstrate otherwise. I think let's compare. Better. The furthest I threw a javelin was 12 meters, I think. So yeah, Spud, Spud has done me dirty there. That's, well, his, we, that's his nickname, Ryan Schumacher. Everyone calls him Spud, but I don't actually know why people call him Spud, but they do. Yeah. I'm just checking, see if, see, I'm, I'm guessing your javelin piece personal best is from a YDL as well. Is, is that right? Is that what you think, did it? I think so, I think it is, yeah. So your, your PB is 11.68. Oh, wow. I didn't even make 12. Damn. Oh, wait. Yeah, eleven sixty-eight, and mine is also Josh. I just like to say how you said shoemaker instead of Schumacher. Just, yeah, just wanted shoe, to throw that out there. I did that intentionally because there's no C in it. It's Schumacher. Schumacher. Schum oh, it's pronounced Schumacher. Hey, yeah, whatever you say, tomato. I say tomato. It's one of those, isn't it? <sighs> Only Americans say tomato. Oh no, mine's ten eighty-nine. Oh, ten eighty-nine. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, that is, I'm sure you. I think, you probably, I think I'd probably do even worse now, to be honest. <laughs> I don't even know when I did that. Oh, Joe, you know what's embarrassing? That was in 2018, so that was quite recently. <laughs> oh my god, Alf! <laughs> yep, it was in Doncaster, a UK youth development league. I came last. Um, <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> Your arms are with the bloody throw. Yeah, yeah, no, I probably could have laid out on the floor a few times and gone further. God, wow. Sorry, I was looking at some of the names who we used to compete against. Preston weren't in this one, but oh, that's okay. weird. That's weird. Like Leo Rowley, he's a, yeah, crazy. Oh, reminiscent of easier times. Um, next question. I'll ask the next follow-up question, Josh, if you want, because you can't even pronounce the names right. So, um, Hopefully this is more context as well. How do you float up and even air? Oh, I can't, I've, I've botched it now. Hold on, hold on. So he, so he takes the mic because I can't pronounce the name and he can't even read the words. How do you float up an Evenham hill? Is that a hill Avon, you know? Avenham. Oh, Avon, Avenham hill. Who asked, who asked this question? It was J Young 97. Oh, yeah, James Young. Um, don't know. I guess just years of practice. I think with uh, Andy Bibby's sessions down there, he loves he loves the hills and yeah. I think just with years of practice, that's how you you float up there. It's not too long of a hill as well, so it's not 
it's not too bad unless he's talking about the one in the middle of the park which is which is a little bit tougher but yeah those were those are some good sessions no one knows what hills are unless they live in sheffield so no i believe it when i went to graves park um and raced there like when you park on the the streets nearby those roads are ridiculous like so yeah. steep i don't know how I don't know how people run around there. Must get you strong, though. Well, put it this way. Today, it, it was meant to be our rest day, but I kind of wanted to do a little run. I ended up going a bit further than I wanted to. 16K in, I asked, yeah. I, asked, I got picked up because I didn't want to run home <laughs> up the hill because I was that tired. So that, that sort of gives context to what the hills are like in Sheffield. Um, yeah. Makes you doesn't feel like a runner. Uh, Isaac Akers asks are you staying on top of the little things i'm guessing with isaac acres this is actually just an inside joke rather than an this, is, this is an inside uh, this is an inside joke yeah the, the coach at tulsa is very big on staying on top of on top of the little things so he means with that he means stuff like diet and sleep and nutrition basically but yeah what my my roommate in tulsa jacob brown actually got got a tattoo of the the little things on his foot so uh with one of the other guys on the team uh freshman called Caden they, they got a tattoo and they put up they had it on their foot like the reasoning behind it was that like then they're always on top of the little things so but all the big one direction fans and it's yeah. a shame a shame to uh put it oh there. yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point I never considered that but yeah you've got to be honest um, now I'm still I'm still on those little things now got a lot of time to kill so mm. it's a good song as well a great song not that has anything to do with it Greg underscore G money underscore F <laughs> yeah, I know asks, who's Greg. your favorite lad of Tulsa to run with? Oh, I think as Greg asked that question, I've got to say uh, Greg or, uh, or Bruno or Crackers. Those are his nicknames. So yeah, he's, uh, he's graduated like me. So hopefully we can share a run at some point in the, in the future. But yeah, he's a, he's a good man to run with. He sometimes yeah, runs barefoot, which is a bit, a bit questionable or in uh, in shoes with holes in so yeah maybe i actually saw a study um i'm not sure if it was you told me this josh but apparently when you were in barefoot the aura of the earth passes through your feet and gives you more energy uh, you said that the other day because while i was on the phone to someone they told me that and i was like apparently wearing barefoot the energy return you get from the earth gives you more energy so maybe he's on something. Yeah, maybe that's the reason why Greg does it. He might be he might be one step ahead of us. Any return, forget super shoes. It's all about the barefoot. Barefoot mm -hmm. running. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ditch me brooks, ditch me brooks glycerin and just run barefoot. See yeah. how that does me shins. See how, yeah, see how your shins like that. <laughs> I mean, I can't I, I can't be the only one who's the fastest I've ever run is on a beach. Joe, when the water goes out and you've got that that like hard sand from when the water's just dropped mm -hmm. and you, that's the fastest I've ever run. So maybe he is on something. Unless that's just me. I used to have little Olympics. My sister's shouting. I used to do myself like little Olympics on the beach and I can always remember. Yeah. I had, a, I remember one of my uncles wanted me to race him on the, <clears throat> the beach a few years ago. And um, yeah, he, he pit me over a short distance and he always, he always brings it up. Uh, I saw, I've seen him since I came back and, yeah, he always brings it up. I've never beat him in a race. So. Do you like I'm getting not... pipped on, on the line? I think so. I think so. Uh, with the race of books, that was pretty close, wasn't it? So. How much do you uh, hate a meal after that? Or St. Mary's. Uh, How much do you hate St. Mary's? Because 
Everyone hates. I can't. Nice. I can't hate. I can't hate Emil. He's too. He's too nice. But yeah, Saint, Saint Mary's definitely. Saint Mary's, yeah, taking taking all those those titles away from Loughborough. Loughborough. I don't think Loughborough team has won it for a while. So we, yeah, we never got to win it as a team. So that was pretty sad. But that's an absolute liberty. Like Loughborough, not winning the title is. Did you win it on the track, or is the, don't they really do a track title? Yeah, they do. They do like an overall. Uh, do they do an overall track title? I know Loughborough win the overall like books competition. Yeah. But I think that's like all sports. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think we did win it on the track. Yeah. For anyone listening in the states or anywhere else, Loughborough is probably the only university what comes even marginally close to any university in D one or even D two level in the states. Like Loughborough probably. Probably no, it still probably isn't anywhere near close to any D1 university in terms of facilities and stuff, but yeah, I think, the mecca of running in the UK. Yeah, I think um, like some of the big D1 schools, when they have like American football stadiums with like, I don't know, like up to 100,000 seats, it's like they're going to have so much money. It's like they can just afford to spend it all on these nice, nice facilities. And yeah, Loughborough had really good facilities, but you don't you don't necessarily need all the best facilities to be able to to run well all you yeah. need is a, a track and some nice places to run gym then you're good to go i guess Tulsa being where it is i think sorry yeah i've got a few deep questions to go on to now normal follow questions deep um, questions deep questions oh. yeah <laughs> one of the next follow questions was bananas yes or no so let's let's part oh yeah sorry Banana. We've got a lot of questions about bananas. Is there an inside joke about bananas? Because so many people asked, bananas, where's the bananas? Bananas, yes or no? Is oh, this a thing? Um, I know I know a lot of people will think I'm weird for liking green, but like not properly green, but like I like my, when they go a bit like spotty, I'm not a massive fan. Like I'll still eat them, but I prefer like bananas that aren't really ripe yet, I'd say. When they're like, when you bite into it, almost like they go to like a little powder in your mouth, almost. It's mm. disgusting. It is gross. That you that is, <laughs> that is proper weird. That might be why people have asked about bananas, but yeah. But you run twenty seven forty and we haven't, so maybe maybe there's some <laughs> there's some method in your madness. Yeah. But but yeah, deep questions. They're not actually that deep. It's just no. I like to call them deep because it's a fun way to end it. And the first one actually is not deep at all. And it's just, what would you change about the sport if you could? Like, because we've got quite a lot of problems. Well, what would you change? Um, I think one of um, one of the things that was quite annoying to see this week is that like the trials isn't even televised. Um, so I think one of one of the biggest things for me is that like athletes don't like. I don't know people don't really know much about them outside of the sport or even like within the sport so i think what what you guys are doing with trackster and like other other pages like that especially in, in the us to like promote athletes and kind of obviously it's on the athletes themselves but like i think what, with your following and stuff is it's good to, to kind of get athlete stories out there and um like allow them to like interact with fans a little bit more um i think one thing one thing that i would change in particular is like when when you watch like a diamond league and everyone's running in the same kit it's like kind of hard to um to like know who to to root for or whatever so 
I feel like teams is definitely the way forward and like that way fans can almost like get behind a team and root, root for them and like follow them throughout the season. Um, another thing, another thing that's not great with our sport is like how, how many different meets there are with like how many different organizers, like obviously we've got the diamond league, but then you, you see sometimes competitions being diluted because there's that many different meets on. And I don't know, it doesn't really seem like there's uh, a good, um, like structure. I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of spitballing a little bit here, but yeah, those are a couple of things that I would change, get it more streamlined. Yeah. Well, like the top of every other sport, you've sort of got designated leagues and designated places to compete. Whereas in this sport, if I wanted to go and race somewhere at the weekend, what was like a low key BMC or a low key time trial I could do. And whereas mm -hmm. in other sports, you can't just go and play a game of football like out of unless it's a friendly joke so yeah I, I completely understand that because like the structure we have is non-existent in the uk definitely in the states you've got a bit different with the like regionals and stuff haven't you but yeah it I, does really make like, sense. I really like how they do it in the states in the nca because like i feel like throughout the cross-country season there's like weekly rankings that, that get brought out and you can see how like if you're following a university team you can kind of see how they're doing and obviously there's meets throughout the season and stuff and it's not I wouldn't say there's too many, too many meets or anything. Obviously, it all culminates at the the national championship. So, yeah, I, I like how they do do that in the in the US for sure. Yeah, I wish we could adopt that in the UK, but there probably wouldn't be enough competition yeah. with the, in like the regions and stuff. This does not like really the same depth because obviously we're a much smaller country and stuff. But. Exactly. Um, a bit more deep, and I always ask this. I could never answer it myself, and that's what's the best decision you've ever made um the best decision i've ever made probably probably going to the u.s after um like choosing to go to tulsa after after leaving loughborough um i think with the way everything's gone now and like my my end goal was always to, to carry on running after after university so i think going to the u.s and being able to to pull out the performances that i have done of kind of allowed me to move on to the the next stage kind of thing. So I'd say, yeah, going to the US as well for like the life experience as well. Like I'd never been to the US before. So, um, some, sorry, something's just clicked in my head talking about you going out to the US and obviously going back out there. Jermaine Coleman's from Preston, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. And you went to an Adidas university. Yeah. You? Okay. And Jermaine Coleman's joined an Adidas team called Tim Man Elite, hasn't he? Yeah. Okay, I'm just throwing some conspiracies out there. Um, you don't have to confirm or deny anything, but I was just, there's some connections and I, I just wanted to, to put them together because obviously Jermaine is from Preston and has gone to Tim Man, went out to the States for university. I just thought there's a, a cool correlation there. I won't speak yeah. anything else on that because I'm probably completely wrong or completely right. I don't know. Um, hey man, Diva joining Tim Man. That's what we're going to say at the end of the podcast. Well, that's a different person because we're talking to Patrick Dever. So, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, Paddy, maybe Paddy Beaver is joining Tim Manning. But Patrick, Patrick Bear is doing something else, who knows? Have to wait and see. Follow him on social media to find out. Um, <laughs> and the last question I've got sort of actually links into that 10 year plan. What's 34 year old Patrick Dever doing? Like marathon? 
Uh, yeah, I think in the in the future, I'd definitely like to go up to the marathon. Uh, I definitely want to exhaust myself on the the short distances on the track first, like five and ten k. Because this was this was my first season running ten thousand meters on the track, so yeah, I feel like I've got a lot of potential there. And I don't know how far I can get, particularly over those those distances. But at the moment, I don't see any reason why I should put a limit on it. So yeah, um, and then yeah. My, my plan is to move up to the, the marathon eventually. I think that would be pretty cool. I think I've got a big one in me one day. What's the British record? 205? 205, yeah. I think so. what, what Mo did in Chicago, I think. Shoe advancement, she'll be fine in, uh, yeah. by then. Yeah, everyone yeah. will be under two hours by then. It'll be Jake Smith's record anyway by then. <laughs> Jake Smith's record is always... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If it, Carl Hawkins has still got a lot of legs left, though, hasn't he? So that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, British distance runners is in a good place at the moment. Anyway, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. Jake Smith can't can't run ten thousand meters anyway. So you will be struggling. He'll be struggling in the marathon. Yeah, he bottles it, doesn't he? Bottles it. Can't even cope. That's me. That's me. Gave it all the talk on social media, didn't he? He was and, uh, good, wasn't he? Oh, no. I'm so ready, boys. I'm so ready to drop a big one. <laughs> have to have to respect him for, for giving it a go. Nah, I mean, of course we are. We love Jake Smith a bit, so just joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he will be, like we said, he will be using his Hong Kong passport very soon to uh, compete for them yeah, instead yeah. of GB at the Olympics. <laughs> so... I know we sort of just basically took the took the limelight because the question we normally ask at the end is, uh, do you have anyone to call out or do you have anything to say to anyone or anything to say in general? Uh, if you want to say anything, then now's, now's your time to do so. And it's normally an awkward um, silence because no one never clue what to say, but just go with it anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, not, not too confrontational, so I wouldn't say I have anyone, anyone in particular to call out. I'll just let, let the results do the talking and yeah sorry sorry to let you down on that one yeah, no you know what man that's why you're a champion and we're failures <laughs> you have that, it's because you have that attitude so yeah really. failures is a bit is a bit of a you've still got a few years left in your half maybe to make <laughs> hey anyway let's not Alf. you know to be fair you're the national 3000 meter steeplechase champion so I oh yeah take, well I yeah well done take, on that well I should take that, that back to take that back, you're Thank a superstar. There it is. I never, I never got one of those teddies. I never well, surprised you didn't have the medal on under your t shirt. I thought you'd just been going to bed in it. I have been, I just took it off this podcast. I didn't want to make Paddy oh, feel yeah, jealous because, yeah. like I said, an NCAA title, a US title is nothing compared to an England Bedford. Like, if you race at Bedford alone, that means you're levels above what anyone else because Bedford yeah. is a Bedford. Oh, I never want to tire again. You got that I've over gone. me. Sorry, go on. I missed you there because I connected to Siri again. What did you say? Uh, I just said I've never won uh, a tire with Bedford. So you got, got one over on me there. We can't all be champions. No, we can't. It's sort like, of, I was just saying, when you went on Siri, it's like Bedford, Hayward Field, and then everything else, just with Bedford at, Bedford at the top of the pile, right? Well, yeah, my last race I won national champion. Last Paddy's last race, he came sixth. So, <laughs> oh, gotta gotta try and put that put that straight after Saturday. Yeah. Oh yeah, nice cool. little victory. Nice little victory on over the five. We'll see. So that's we'll an indirect. Andy Butcher and anyone else racing, you're all losers. 
Yeah, that's it. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. Sorry we've had a few technical difficulties and also it's been a bit of a roller coaster of very poor hosting on my behalf, I think, but oh, got through it and people yeah, love it, people love this crappy, crappy uh, informal hosting. So they keep telling us, so we're doing all right. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Um obviously you've had an amazing season and best of luck for the weekend and thank you. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening, guys. Yeah, any time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Running Pod. Just a reminder that this podcast today was sponsored by Premax Performance Skincare. To mark the launch of their groundbreaking recovery cream, head over to www.premax.co now.